Hi, readers. We're back. I'm Danny. This is the Ice Planet podcast. And look at that consistency for the first time in like months. Another episode. I'm proud of me. I hope you're. No, that's a very low bar. I'm not going to say I hope you're proud of me too, because it's a very low bar. I should have been doing better. This is the episode that where in which we discuss Barbarian's Tease, aka Brooke and Tauschen's book. I am joined by the lovely, always wonderful Dr. Katrina Jackson. We talk about why Brooke and Tauschen just can't get it together. We talk about the bonkersness that is the Ice Home series, and she gives us a few wrecks at the end, so this is a fun one. In terms of housekeeping and, you know, the what's good for the group, there's not much. Uh, there's, I'm still sort of catching up with all the, you know, background stuff, so apologies. Um, as always, if you have something you'd like to tweet at me, you can do so at Ice Planet Pod on Twitter. You can also email any comments, questions, concerns, theories, um, fun memes, would love those, at contact at iceplanetpod.com. And that is about it. We are down to two or three, no, three books. No. Yes, three books. I keep forgetting that Ruby snuck one in while I was recording this series. She snuck in another another flashback book. Um, so I'm really excited to be winding this down just because, well, I'm not excited. It's just, I'm I'm glad I'm completing something because I would feel really bad if I started this whole thing and we didn't finish the series because what kind of mess is that? So um, that's it as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for any or every kind word you've ever said. Um, it really is appreciative. Again, I sometimes I sit and I'm like, this was started just on a whim. And the fact that so many people are, that people are even listening to it is always just, you know, a wonderful, wonderful shock. So that's all I got for you. I'm trying to keep these intros short because sometimes recording the intros can be a pain in the butt. So I don't want to make things harder on myself or keep you from the episode. So we're going to get into it. Barbarian's Tease with Katrina Jackson, author and Twitterer. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's how I know her. You've probably seen her on Twitter, Talking Romance. And here we go. I'll be here when you get done. Enjoy. Katrina Jackson, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited you're here. As I already mentioned, you're the first author, so I'm really excited to get like a romance writer's perspective on this bonkers universe. Yeah, mine is kind of, uh, my perspective is kind of wonky anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know you don't speak for everyone, but yeah, it'll just be fun. Didn't you have a book just come out this week? Am I, I thought you had a book uh, maybe I'm mixing it up. No, okay. it's last week, yeah. Okay. Yay. Well, yay. Happy belated book birthday. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's one of the things that stress me about Twitter because there's so many people are always talking about something good or some new book that's coming out, like that yeah. the boyfriend project. I'm super hyped for that one. Yeah. But like there's so much happening and then I get behind and it just stresses me out. So to be honest with you, like, even with my own books, I'm like, oh, that came out. I bought it. Or, like, I know that it's happening. And then I literally forget. I'm just like, <laughs> it is there, and I will get to it when I have a need. Yeah, it's just, there's so much happening right now. I had started, 
I think it was, it was oh maybe it was Rebecca Weatherspoon had recommended one of Reese Ryan's book because I was like just give me some escapism, mm-hmm. and she is she is good for escapism and I started one of her books but then <laughs> she does a lot of workplace romances and then I got threatened with furloughs and I was like I can't handle this oh, right now yeah so this entire quarantine I've probably only been really wanting to read like bonkers paranormal like I can't really do so like. I read like Theodora Taylor, like she had this like dragon duet and I was like, give me the book because I only want to read about like mystical t- like creatures, like having a lot of sex. That's all I want. What a great segue to our current <laughs> topic because that's what I've, that's the mood I've been into. I think I read a completely out of season novella by Talia Hibbert. Oh, I forgot the name of it. It's like mating the huntress or something. It's a yeah. Halloween novella. That's a it's- great. Yeah, this werewolf. Who find, I'm like, this is this is it. This is what I need. This is exactly what I need right now. So it did make me miss fall. Um, yeah. And that was so irreverent that it's just like, okay, this world is strange. Let's stay here. Yeah, she's and Talia Hibbert's funny. Talia Hibbert's really funny when she writes. So this book we're doing is Barbarian's Tease. It is the 14th book <laughs> in the Ice Planet Barbarian series. Our hero and heroine are Tao Shen and Brooke. So before we get into the discussion of this book, and you touched on this before we started recording, but I would just love to hear your rundown again. How did you, I guess, discover this series? And then how did you get into it? Because I know you had, you. Well, I won't ruin it, but I know you had to start going into it. I think it in like 2018, this was a lot of people's recommendation during Ron Book Pod. And I saw it and I was like, because again, bonkers, like mystical creatures or whatever. I was like, this sounds great. And then I think I like, I downloaded it because it was like an all day thing where everyone was like, have you read Ice Planet of Barbarians? And I was like, well, let me just download this um, because I was on a Kindle trial as we, a Kindle Unlimited trial as we all usually (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And... I was like, okay, I'll give it a try because it sounded good. And then page one, I was like, well, that was a rape. And it was just so heavy. And it was like no one, everyone had made it sound really light and kind of not comforting, but um, fun. And I was like, I don't know how I square fun with a rape on page one. So I was like really angry about it. And I like returned it. And I didn't think about it again until you started like teasing this podcast and I was like she's insane that book (laughs) that first book is so terrible why is she doing that and I just I think I saw you say multiple times to multiple people who had similar reservations the first book is trying to do something different and then she totally changes book two and I was like well fine (laughs) I'll see because I was like in every time I'm in a slump I read paranormal Mm -hmm. and so I was like I was in a slump and I was like fine I'll try it and I did have to force myself to get through the first couple of paragraphs or a couple of chapters because they're so bleak um and not like great if you are looking for something to sink into but then you do actually sink into it right around the time they're in a cave and having sex and it's like oh okay well this is fine um, and then every book kind of has that moment where you're like, oh God, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to sex again. <laughs> and then I read like, um, like four or five in a row. As one does. Yeah. As, as, 
So that's good to know. I actually, because I remember the Heaving Bosom Girls were going to do a book. Girls, women, I sound really condescending. And I remember telling them, don't be the first one. And then later I felt kind of bad about it because I'm like, well, who am I to tell other people? But the more I hear people talk about it, the more the consensus seems to be that first one is is a little bit, you know, too much. And then it's not even just the rape. It's the oral sex while she's passed out. I still don't know. (laughs) I forgot about that. It's like, it's like the first book is is very hard sci-fi-ish and I don't love hard sci-fi and not like not the whole thing but certainly the beginning yeah it just really um kind of dark and a little it's a little ominous it's like this this cannot be the entire <laughs> series of just stress me out you know, all of this is a little too much sexual assault but um it's kind of like but it does really great at setting up the world. And by book two, you can see, you know, where she's, um, where she's made adjustments. Mm-hmm. And um, you get to learn a little bit more about the aliens. And so it feels less, with that background, it feels less scary, I guess. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the threat of imminent violence has been removed because there's yes. such giant marshmallows about every, about women and everything. They get softer by the book, too. <laughs> they really do. The more this series goes on, even the big burly ones end up just being giant, like, marshmallow fluff men. It's, yeah. it's endearing. I love it. I'm not going to hate it. So yeah, yeah. that's, like, that's my thing. A big, burly, scary-looking man who secretly has, like, some soft side. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, yeah. This is, exactly. So if you're fantasy... That's what I'm here for. So this is book four. This is the, I put in quotes, the final book of the current day. Because after this, she goes back to like the beginning. So like she has three, maybe four, I think it's three. Three books that were published after this one. But they're all like flashbacks. They go back to like when they first crashed. Oh, why? Because I guess she wanted to keep telling stories, but she'd run out a new couple. So do you remember in those first few books where all those women like resonated right away, but we didn't get their stories? It's like Nora and Ariana and there's a few others. So she goes back and she like has a flashback and we hear what happened to their during their resonances. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't care about that. but. Because she also has the spinoff series, too. Yes, she also has the spinoff series, yeah. <laughs> she's she's juggling a lot. Okay, all right. I appreciate that kind of dedication. <laughs> I I don't... Sometimes I sit here and wonder, like, how does she keep this stuff straight? She, like... Writers do, like, Bibles, right? Like, they have a big book oh, and a big notebooks yeah. and... She's got to have the... One of the longest Bibles, because even, like the names or like so I, I had I read the first four or five and then I just skipped to this one so I was like who huh what happened like I don't know any of this but like even keeping straight like who has like all of this animosity or like who like was fighting over which human I I would just I forget that I literally I mean I I forget less important things constantly or like the babies and the kits and how many especially with these Brangelina names like and <laughs> include some part of this conversation in the episode this was barbarians tease so I've already said that part but I'll just repeat it I guess I'm it's been a long time since I've recorded an episode because the COVID really threw me off so 
we'll get through it. Um, so this is Brooke and Taoshin. And I was looking forward to this one for a long time because Taoshin goes on a real journey throughout this series. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see him finally, finally get his woman. Um, and then Brooke, she's fairly new to the series. So what did you think about these two? So I forgot that he's like a teenager when the books, when the series starts, right? And I, I think remember, so, yeah. Yeah, and when I read that in the book, I, it's the kind of thing which you know an author like really is getting you, right? When you're like, I don't remember that. I should go back and read it. I'm not doing that. But <laughs> but I wanted to know, like, it's that, it's that part where Brooke is talking to Harlow and she's like, when he was younger, he was like, you know, happy like a puppy or whatever like that. And I was like, oh God, was he? Um, so I, I didn't remember that. And I thought it was actually really lovely to realize in all the books I, I'd missed that you got to watch this character literally grow up to a certain extent, which was quite sweet. Um, so, and I really, he's probably the softest hero, I think, that I read of these books. And I really, um, I really liked it. Like, I like, I, I have a thing for really soft male main characters who have the hardest time expressing themselves I don't know what it is about that but it it works for me it's endearing it is really endearing um and 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 I think too maybe he's the he might actually be my favorite hero in the series now that I think about it because there's that whole part where he's talking about like what he wants the most is to have a family and he thinks his cooey how do we how do we say this cooey yes I'm I'm speaking with Kui, Kui, Kui. I I started listening to the Ice Home, and they pronounce it in a completely different way. And I was like, I'm done. Like <laughs> they pronounce it completely different than the Ice Planet Barbarian series, and I'm kind of done. Oh my god! Yes, Kui. Yeah, Kui. Okay. Um, but his it won't cooperate with him, and there is it's like so heartbreaking and sweet. So I think I loved him a lot. I'm gonna be real with you. Brooke kind of annoyed the hell out of me. Um, yeah, same. The little hot and cold, like, girl, you have that choice, but it's it's driving me bonkers. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, they're just, like, I was with her right up until they're on their vacation, and she's like, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's because before that, I was like, you're totally valid to feel this way. That must have really sucked and you were drugged. (laughs) And then it's like, but you literally spent all this time after y'all were captured and released actually pining for him. And you didn't even let yourself consider. It's so frustrating. And to be honest with you, I actually think I like the um, heroines in Ice Home more than in Ice Planet Barbarians because... Well, you said they're a little bit older, but also they're a little bit more rational. Like, Mm -hmm. they've either had a life before they left Earth or they had a life. I I don't know. They have more experience or something. I don't know what it is. But even when they're acting ridiculous, like, there is a logic to their behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the hair, like, I remember in book one where Georgie's like, I can't feel this way. I feel this way. And it was, like, it was a lot of, it was a lot of that. And I, I it, it got old a little bit. So I didn't love Brooke. No, I, I'm there 100%. And then, like, because she, and I get you're drugged. But, like, 
I feel like she forgets who she's dealing with. She knows these men are not like, they're not the love them and leave them type. They go zero to like married with children, like at a hug. And she's like mad that this man, it feels like she's mad that he's hurt. And I didn't, that's what I didn't appreciate because you know how these men are. She knows that like, there's no women around. It does take her a minute to realize that he's probably a virgin. He's the very, she's the very first like woman he's had. He's hurt and kind of embarrassed. And so he's cold. And so she reacts angrily. And I guess she has a right to be angry. But then when she sort of like flip flops right away, decides, okay, I like him now. And they never address it. I mean, I guess they do, but they just sleep, kind of sleep with each other. Yeah, because I guess I think that's the thing is that I would have been totally fine with her flip-flopping because she's only been there like a month or so. Mm -hmm. She's super new. And um, so she's adjusting. So that's the thing, right? If she'd been there a month or so, because I remember in in some of the early books, like a lot of the women before they they resonated, they were like, yo, they are blue. Those are spurs. Like, I mean, like, like all of that indecision, like, made total sense because they'd been there mere weeks and their <laughs> life was ridiculous. And this, it was sort of like, in, at one second, it's like, okay, she's new. And, like, I actually really like that part where she was sort of like, I get to, like, the, she's a people pleaser, right? So it's like all of the sort of flirting that he's thinking of, it's just people pleasing because she was a hairdresser who's used to listening to people and making people feel comfortable and happy. And it's like, oh, I love that. But it never gets explored, like, because there's nothing really underneath there. So where I would have been willing to sort of believe that she is being very kind, but also is freaking out underneath the surface, the surface, she's really kind of not ever freaking out underneath the surface, even though maybe she should be. It's very strange. Yeah, everyone in this series is just extremely resilient and just really <laughs> go with the flow of this uh, alien lifestyle really fast. So yeah, and I think and I think that's the same thing I was just sort of saying. Like she didn't really seem to ever examine her emotions, and so when she flip flopped, it just kind of came at you sideways. And you're like, oh, so we're doing this now. She doesn't uh, examine her emotions, but he does in incredible detail, and then she's mad because he came to the wrong conclusion. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, they keep, I think, is it mo- it's mainly her who keeps saying, oh, he's not interested in me anymore. Oh, he's, he's found, he's moved on. You've been stuck in this cave with each other for the past two weeks, but yeah, he's somehow moved on. Whereas he's just keeping his distance because she's repeatedly said, I don't want to mate. I don't want to mate. I want to be alone. I mean, she eventually gets over it and she realizes if she wants this to happen, she has to make the move, but it's really frustrating to hear her like rage about it. Oh, yeah, she's so mad at Tiffany for pages. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> she Tiffany, at Tiffany is baited. I'm like, Tiffany is baited and elsewhere on the planet. Like, yeah, it's, like, right? <laughs> yeah, leave Tiffany out of this. She didn't ask to be in the middle of this. But it does bring me back. But yeah, Taoshin's very first appearance, I think that's his first appearance is in Tiffany's book. And like, they're competing for Tiffany. And he's like, like, Taoshin's main characteristic from like his first appearance is just you know, horny and ready to settle down. He wants a mate so badly. And over the course of the series, he gets like a little bit more, he gets like a bit more bitter and bitter as his like hopes get dashed. Like anytime there's a new woman on the planet, he's part of the hunting party to go check him out. And then I think he just eventually gets kind of, I did like his little speech about how his quee, he's like, why doesn't it, why doesn't it speak up? Why is it lazy? Is it, is it, 
is it picky or am I just not worthy? So that was kind of like, oh, yeah. it's so sweet. And I feel like this sounds so strange, but I feel like I always like the aliens and barbarians better than the humans because I because I even read some of her other novellas um, like set in other worlds. And I always like the aliens more. And I always wish she would spend more time kind of thinking about them. Because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, he's super horny. But then it's like, you remind yourself, well, there were like five like females like, on yeah. the planet before this or whatever it was. And so it's like, oh, how wonderful. Like, there's this sort of whole motivation motivation that takes the reader like totally out of their context. And it's just, it's it's actually kind of nice to read. I really actually like the... I like the aliens and barbarians so much better. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And because they're so, she did such a good job at creating like such an alien, and I can't think of another word to say it, but such an alien like hero. Like, yeah, they they don't think like human men. They're not like human men with like green skin or whatever. Because I've read some series where, no, no, and I'm not knocking them, but I have read some series where it's just like, it's just an earth man with like orange skin. <laughs> and they are not that at all. That is um, exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, you said that Taushin was your favorite. And like, usually when I'm reading, my favorite is usually the one I'm reading, like whoever's book I'm reading, except I think my actual real favorite was in this one. And that's Rook because <laughs> Rook, I love yeah. Rook because he has like zero patience for anyone but Harlow. Like Harlow is the only thing keeping him a part of that tribe, to be perfectly honest. And I love it. I love how protective he is. I love how he doesn't give a shit about anyone else in this tribe. No. But Harlow and Rukar. Yeah. No, I actually really, that was one of my favorite books. Like, I think, I think I read a little bit longer because I was hoping there would be another, like, hero like him right after. And there wasn't. So I was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was my favorite because he truly doesn't care about anyone else. Mm -mm. Um, I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. And um, Harlow, Harlow's actually probably one of my more favorite heroines too because she's very much like, um, how great is it to that your man only wants you? Like, how wonderful. And then also, he's going to sit here and, you know, listen to me um, or, or be sort of like my helper. Like, I don't know. Like, I love those kinds of, like, dynamics where yes. they could literally just be the two of them together and be really happy. And that's yes. it. They're really cute. They never should have left that little beach house they had. No. I, mean, I guess she did need a healer, but... But yeah, so, I, I was actually sad about that when they left. I was like, no, <laughs> the shots was so nice. <laughs> and they like had, they made it sound like they had lobster for dinner every night. Like I'm like, this is great, right? <laughs> and their That's... cave was bigger. I felt like than all the other ones, and it was just the two of them. Oh yeah, I was bitter about that. Yeah, they had salt. It was great. Um, so so this plot, there is a lot that happens in this book. Not only do we have to sort of quote-unquote wrap up the Ice Planet Barbarian series, we kick off the whole new spinoff. So, yeah. which I liked because it added like, I don't know if a ticking clock is the right word, but it did add like this element where both of them were sort of concerned that, oh, we're going to open up all these new humans and these four new guys and there's a risk, there's a chance that the other one might resonate to them and I don't want that to happen. So I really want to make sure I lock this down, I guess, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. I respect that. I, I also love that um, 
they were jealous of all the people in the <laughs> coffins, as she calls them. <laughs> they were like, there are going to be four new males, and she could resonate to them. He's like, 16 new human fe- females. And it's like, yo, they are frozen. <laughs> Y'all could chill for a hot second, and it would be okay. Yes, they, they've got so many other things they are dealing with <laughs> at the moment. So, so in the previous book, there's like this whole plot that goes down where the evil aliens come back, try to abduct everyone again, and then Summer and Warwick like save them all. And so we end up with this cargo that's all these humans. So we see some of that this time, but from the perspective of Brooke and Tauschen and what they were doing, because this book starts, they're both like kind of cold toward each other because of some uh, stuff that went down during this kidnapping scene. And then we see what went down during this kidnapping scene. Which was not what I thought was going to happen, by the way. I wish I could remember what I thought had happened. Because, like, I remember reading this book and us jumping and Because they waste no time getting these two. But we'll get there. So these aliens come. And they, like, who's there? It's, like, Beck and Ellie. Gaza and... Excuse me, Gaza. Baza and Gail. Yeah. Herrick and Warwick and um, Summer. Herrick and Kate and... And then Towshin and Brooke. And what was happening? So this alien comes and he like shoots. I think he shoots Vaza. Because like they're all yeah. nervous. The girls are all nervous that this alien has touched down. Shoots Vaza. Yeah. The men are completely freaked out. So they go for some reason decide to like all go. And then they all get shot. Great job. And so they all get. They're not dead. But they all get taken prisoner on this ship. And then Brooke tries to get all the families put together. And I do love that apparently... <laughs> Some of the women are side-eyeing her. Like, why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I love that. So there's that moment of hesitation where she's like, am I doing the right thing? And part of me is, is like, yeah, are you doing the right thing? <laughs> I love that that's actually not clear. And you don't know until later if it's the right thing or not. Yes. <laughs> you just have to trust her good intention in that moment, which is so yeah. funny. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable with the fact that maybe not everyone gets that you're trying to help them out. Because I think Harlow even says at one moment, she's like, I didn't know what the hell you were doing. And I was a little suspicious of it at first. Yeah, She's trying to get the fam- keep the families together. And then she finds out that they don't. And she's, yeah. she's sad. And so she did all of that for nothing, nothing. which is so sad. Yeah. 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 But in getting all the families together, it's revealed that she and Taoshin are the only two who are not a mated pair, as the aliens call them. So they get thrown in this cell together, and she gets, I guess, after, like, Spanish flies, how she keeps referring to it. They give her some extremely strong Spanish fly. I love that she says Spanish fly and roofied, and then tells an alien those things. Like, (laughs) he would know either of those words or phrases like and she's just like and then later it's like you didn't know and it's like sis who knew like who knows what spanish fly is in 2020 or whatever like it's so funny that it was just i don't know there was something about that that made me cackle so hard i can't even handle it that's one of my favorite line in the series where she's like or he's she's like why didn't you ask he's like if i he's like if i asked a human every time i didn't understand a word coming out of their mouth and she calls him a dick face he's like night now (laughs) because he's right it's like listen i don't understand 75 percent of the words that come out of y'all's mouth if it's not leather meat or sex or i guess cock i don't know what's happening so yeah so they get roofied and so or she does he does not he is i think I think he has complete control of his facilities for the most part. Yeah. 
And so she goes into that cell and she can't help herself. She starts feeling herself and then feeling him. <laughs> and they get to it. Really like rough too. Like she likes yeah. it a little bit rougher than what I was expecting in this book. That's what I mean. Like the way they tease it, which is like, whatever she, I think she said before they had the flashback chapters, like I did it to keep us alive or something like that. So I don't know. I was in my mind, I was imagining that he was like, I don't know, hurt or something like that. And she like covered him to keep him warm. I don't know why that's what I thought of, but it's what I thought of. <laughs> and then when it happened, I was like, uh, <laughs> like didn't expect you getting drugged. Okay. Didn't expect you writhing on the ground. Okay. And then she was like, pull my hair. And I was like, okay. <laughs> But wait, she does, and to make it a little bit better, she does say it wasn't like she wasn't, she's like, she compares it to like a bad, a one night stand she regrets. Yeah. She doesn't feel violated or taken advantage of. She just like, ooh, that's yeah. going to complicate things, which I think made it a little bit better. Because if that wasn't explained, I feel like, ooh, this is really icky. It would have been, and it's it's actually kind of, I think she, the author handles this really well because if, yeah, if she, there are a couple things. One, it's really clear that they have some kind of, or they have an attraction before that, yeah. um, which it comes up again. But so it's, if that hadn't been made somewhat clear, it would have felt really weird. And then also that she says um, afterwards that it wasn't like she couldn't remember or even that she disliked it. It was like, you know, having a couple, you know, too many drinks at a club and having a one night stand. The only thing, though, is that, like, she wakes up the next morning and he's, like, petting her, like, <laughs> or whatever. And she's like, oh, does he not know a one-night stand? And I'm like, do you? Because this isn't that either. <laughs> uh, like, she's so, so, he's calling her mate and everything. And he was calling her mate during the whole, like, yeah. get down. Like, this is, she's all of a sudden caught off guard by it. I guess she thought it was dirty talk. She still does not realize these aliens only have one mode. They don't have a kinky bedroom mode. They have, like, that's it. They have the one mode. Right. They have the one mode, and then um, they're both unmated, so it's not like he'd be like, you know, oh, you know, we'll see what happens here. He's literally like, you're mine. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> she gets scared off. So they have like this really, really, did she get, does he get a blowjob in that scene? No. No. I'm jumping ahead of myself. We're going to talk about the boob scene because I need to talk about <laughs> Ruby Dixon handling of a non-penetrative sex because she's the only, like one of the few authors I've read who's like, yeah, let's do all of it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that says more about my own reading habits than, than what's out there. But she wakes up the next morning. You're right. He's all like, how are you, my mate? Did I hurt you? Because... I'm sure that was an actual concern. <laughs> and um, and she has to like pump the brakes on it real fast. And he's like genuinely, I think he's both horrified and hurt. Cause like he's horrified yeah. that he may have taken advantage of her and he's hurt that he thought he had this connection and now he doesn't. And you're like, oh guy. And she handles it so terribly. Like, I'm sorry. She handles it. Like, it's like, choose the worst case scenario. And she chose it. It's like, cause she's so like, nonchalant about it all. It's like, how did you not know I was drugged? And it's like, how did you think he did know you were drugged? And it, it's like, we can just have a one night stand. And then, and, then, and then it's, he doesn't know what that means. Cause even mm -hmm. their pleasure mating is, is kind of long-term-ish until mm -hmm. something resonates. So it's just, 
it's it's like she's behaving as if he should know that she was drugged and this is a one night stand, even though it is super clear. Like she even admits, oh, I maybe should have realized he wouldn't know what that meant. <laughs> but then she like it's like a thought that comes and goes. And she gets mad at him anyway. And I'm yeah. like, or maybe he's mad at her. I don't know, because after this whole incident, they have like this coldness and sourness towards toward each other. Yeah. And like Farley's picking up on it and I don't know. Farley was hilarious in this book. I don't know why. She was just, she was what I needed. She was hilarious. Um, because Farley picks up, Farley picks up that they're cold to each other. And then when they come back, she's like the first one to pick up that something happened, I think. Yeah. So, but she's a good friend. She's not calling people out yet. <laughs> she'll wait until you figure it out and then she'll call it out. Yeah. So the rest of the tribe shows up. And so they're sour towards each other. Taushin still wants her. He just, wants to keep his distance and not make it creepy. And Brooke's just like, well, we can be friends. He wants to, she wants to like apologize to him, but he's avoiding her. It seems like every chance he can. This was actually in my part, a, a little bit of a failing in the story, in the storytelling, because like there are points in the story where um, in the next chapter will go back over a bit of time that has passed that you handled in the first chapter. And so like, he there's this moment where she's like I've tried to talk to him and he won't talk to me and I'm like when did that happen because we had already mm-hmm. handled. and so I think you get interestingly enough maybe the reason I really like Taushin is because I think his perspective is actually the clearest like his motivation is the clearest um so like yeah after like he's he's absolutely devastated the morning after um they have sex and he's just sort of like you know, kind of roaming or um, stalking around their cell. And then after that, he's like hurt for however long. And, and then when the rest of the tribe shows up, he's like still hurt and also now jealous. Yes. He's super, and well, and then seeing all the mate, mated pairs come up, cause he's still like sort of bitter. He, he really wants, he's really lonely and he really wants what he sees all his like fellow hunters have. And, like, he knows Brooke is probably his, maybe his best bet at getting that. So, yeah. Yeah. Although, if I were him, I would have, like, bet my money on the, like, newbies. I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to be. (laughs) 16. 16. It's like, and at this point, they're outnumbered. Like, the odds are in his favor this time. Because there's more women than men. on the planet. The odds are in favor of men. Come on. You would think they'd be prying those coffins open and like, because that's what they were doing in that first book. The second they got sent that a woman was on the planet. I'm surprised they didn't have an overnight hunting party. Please. If I were him, I would have, and he was the only unmated man then. If I were him, I'd be like up in the middle of the night, just like opening up everyone. (laughs) They're awake now, Vexal. You got to make a decision. You got to do something. Oh, oh my gosh. I, this is jumping ahead, but I was just rolling my eyes at everyone about how they're like hemming and hawing, like, oh, do we wake them? And it's like, oh, now that y'all got your women and you got oh, your yeah. kids and you all got your happy little family, now we're hesitant to welcome new people when you all were lonely and jacking <laughs> off by yourself. It was like, yes, welcome all the new people. You're hypocrites. <laughs> that was actually really kind of <laughs> shitty. <laughs> hypocrites. I was like, because because I haven't read the books in between whenever I stopped in this one, I, I, I actually did clutch my chest. I was like, oh, who are these people? Like, this is not, 
<laughs> why are they not trying to help? Only Vexel was clear. I was like, why is no one else trying to help these stranded humans and aliens? Um, I didn't expect that, but it was so funny and selfish. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, where did this come from? Now you got your boo. You're all booed up. You don't want to help nobody. Okay. So yeah, no, I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. I will say, I think it's because, so they've had a lot of visitors. I think between, they've had like at least two separate ships come within mm. a few books leading up to this series. Some of them have been good. Some of them have been not so good. So they're a little cautious now. Our Sakui have lost a bit of their naivete and they're like oh there are bad guys out there so they want to protect their tribe i get that but they're yeah. like to just leave 20 people it's like <laughs> endless sleep that's so cool <laughs> they just did. and it was so and the arguments for it were half-hearted they were like who knows what they'll be, if they'll be friends or, like, if they'll be, like, evil. And it's like, um... (laughs) But what are they going to do? They're stuck there, too. I mean, come on, guys. Right. It's like, what if they steal the ship? And I'm like, we're jumping ahead a bit. They're still frozen. (laughs) (laughs) That ship ain't space-worthy. Come on now. Yeah. I was just, I was like, I am not, I am so, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, guys. I I was disappointed, too. (laughs) And that's and I love that part where actually where Harlow is like, I worry that we're corrupting them because mm-hmm. I think every now and then um, people who write like aliens, um, they write humans as like, these alien romances or even just in like hard sci-fi, they write humans as pure and good, which I find mm-hmm. so frustrating. So it was nice to hear someone say, yeah, no, we're kind of terrible, actually. And we might be ruining, like, what is, you know, she thought this, like, really lovely society. And I agree with her on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Trek's like that. Humans are perfect. and Yeah. That's a whole different discussion we don't need to get into. <laughs> I almost made a political commentary about how it represents America and modern politics. It's We don't need that. It's fine. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so it's... I I just didn't like that. But there is this constant, and it'll come up again, there's this constant sort of hovering of all these other new people who we got to wake up and we got to do something with the people, yeah. which eventually comes into the ice home. So while that's happening, though, <laughs> this is not my favorite character, but I love every time he shows up because just the audacity. Rokan shows up and he starts chatting with Taoshin. Yeah. For some reason, I guess he got a vision or he got like a sign that uh, Brooke is going to resonate soon. And this hey, is- Can I ask a question about, because I definitely did not read his book. <laughs> and so I was like, is he a mystic? What is this? He, he, he's a psychic. They don't call him a psychic. But yeah, he's a psychic. Ruby Dixon <laughs> introduced a psychic alien in this series. And every time I remember that he's here, I'm like, I totally forgot. Yeah, his quee imbibes him with, I guess, they call it his knowing. That's what the aliens call it, because he just knows. And, I mean, like, in his defense, he's been correct a couple times. Most of the time, it's weather-related, like, when a big snowstorm is going to come. But I also argue that that doesn't take any special skills to say an ice storm is going to come on an ice planet. On a a frozen planet. It's like, I'm pretty certain we're going to get an ice storm in the next two to five hours, days, years. Like, come on. But yeah, so that's his thing. He has his knowing. And so he his knowing told him that Brooke is going to resonate soon. So this has Taoshin, like, 
now he's really like, I got to act. I got to yep. do something because he still wants Brooke. Doesn't matter what she's saying. He's like, so he's going to do like, he actually refers to it as a tradition at this point. He's like, well, everybody else, everybody else did it. I'm going to take her into a cave till she resonates to me. Right. <laughs> and he does. This is also jumping ahead. I like when they come back and Vectal is like, no, I'm not going to punish him. It doesn't do anything. Like, I, I punish you all every time you do this shit. And the next man who gets a boner for a woman just goes and does the same thing. I can't, I can't stop it. So. Well, so, so here's the thing that I, I love being confused about. <laughs> he decides to kidnap her or lure her away. Yes. And not I'm so like, much a kidnapping, yeah. Um, yeah, not so much a kidnapping, much more like a, sis, you didn't realize you were actually, wa-. it's fine. But but it's like, there was that moment where he decides to lure her away. And the thing I literally said out loud was, but why? Like, because it's, it's almost, and then you, and then they are gone. And he is sort of talking to her and he seems so sad and bitter. And all I could think was, at least at that point in the story, I was like, y'all are not going to resonate because this is not love. This is just sadness. <laughs> That's so different. That was. Do you so know what harsh. I mean, though? <laughs> yes, this is sadness. Because he's literally just like, because it's weird. Because that moment where he he's like, sort of, you know, when she finally realizes that she's been lovingly or lightly kidnapped, and he, <laughs> and they finally have a like legitimate conversation. It's not like he says to her things he's thought, which is that, like, he loves being around her and he's, like, he can't stop thinking about her. He essentially is, like, my my feet is broken and I will never be with anyone. Um, so there's you is kind of where he ends up. Yeah. There is, and I've gone back and forth on this book and I read it every time. There is, it feels kind of pair the spares where it's like, well, you're the last two. Even if you don't really have a connection, we've got to make it work. And like, there does seem to be like an air desperation about the two of them. Like, well, we have to get together because there's nobody else. I do think it's good she introduced those other people to try and alleviate that. Like if it weren't for those other women, it would really feel like, well, they're only together because there's no one else. Right. And they do like actually build a connection after that. But at the moment where he lures her away, I'm just like, this feels like a lot of effort for nothing. Like I just wanted him to like turn around. (laughs) And I was kind of mad at her and I was like, girl, you, I think she's been to this. She hasn't been to the fruit cave, but she's heard about it. And like, I'm sure she's heard it's only like an hour or so walk when it's the end of the day, it's dark, and you all are going to another hunter cave to camp for the night. You should have asked questions like four hours before that. Like, the dumbest, I don't know, maybe. No, no, you are 100% right. The dumbest thing she thinks is so, even it didn't feel what is she? I forget how she phrased it, but she was like, it was true that it, it didn't feel like we had been. Oh, I can't even think of the the actual line because I remember I actually threw my Kindle down. I was like, <laughs> you cannot be this stupid. But it was something like those 10 hours felt like two hours walk or something like that. And I was like, there's no way in hell a 10 hour walk feels like two. You are not ever having the best conversation of your life on a frozen planet in furs and thinking, Yep, that 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 felt that that long walk where the suns went down. That's right, I forgot the sunset. She's like, "That's not a storm coming. Are you high? <laughs> Are you dumb?" <laughs> <laughs> 
it was it was the most foolish thing i uh, and i literally was like i cannot with her something ain't right like she was like the 10 hour walk felt like two no way in the world no way and at that point, I was like, no wonder these men keep doing this because these dummies keep falling for it. It's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like, you already have this tension with this guy. You're like, oh, you've had this weird, awkward setup. I guess she's too new. Maybe she had been there for a while and had been around for when Liz got abducted and when Lila got abducted and when Maddie got abducted. All these women got, like, kidnapped to know that, oh, this is just, oh, I'm being kidnapped, that this is just a thing they do. She walks right into it. And I'm like, girl, pay attention. Because she's like, walks right into it. Because <laughs> she's like, I, it doesn't feel humid. They kept talking about how humid and I don't see any fruit trees. And I was like, girl. I'm certain she said she climbed at one point. Are you climbing? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh. And so they go in this cave and she throws, like, it's basically a temper tantrum because he's not taking her back and he's not taking her to the beach. And she, like, threatens to walk out at one point. And she's like, well, she doesn't know where she's going. And so she does it. Like, so they stay there. Well, he's like, I'm not leaving, so go ahead. <laughs> you know what, Josie... You know what I respect? Josie told Hayden, she's like, I'm not sticking around with your grumpy ass. And she actually left. She, she had actually- no idea where she was going. <laughs> she just got <laughs> lost and damn near died. But but no, here it's like, well, guess I'm just going to sit by this fire and take my tunic off. Like, what? And it's just, it's just, oh, girl, I love it. Well, yeah, though that is, she takes her tunic off. I don't know how they get to this point. And I believe this is the same night where, or maybe it's not, maybe she goes right to sleep, but there is some incident. They've been there in this cave for a few weeks and things start getting hot and heavy. She like goes for his dick because she is attracted to him. Despite everything she says, she is attracted to him. And he asks her, is it you this time? It's not the drink. And she like recoils and she gets offended. She does that twice. She oh, does that Because <laughs> it happens another time when they finally- um oh, it does. Mm-hmm. I, I forget the, but it's the same kind of thing where he's oh when they they finally decided to be together, and he's like essentially just asking her to be present, um, yeah. to make sure he or she he's like is this what you want? And each time she's like, how dare he? And it's like we literally just w- read about why he's asking you this question. Why are you not saying enthusiastically? Yes, like it's so weird. It's not like he had, he's been burned before, Brooke, by this. And I, like, you can't, I don't, it seems, I don't know. And that's what, that was part of the thing where she kind of irked me about, like, the hot and the cold. Like, you can't be mad at him for not picking up the hints that you were roofied and drugged and didn't really mean it or whatever. And then get mad at him later when he just wants to clarify that this is what you want. Like, right. you can't get it both ways. So yeah, but you I don't also know. can't be mad that he didn't pick up the hints that you were roofied and wanted to have a one night stand and then also be surprised when he doesn't pick up the hints that you are now interested in him. Like, he this doesn't pick up... <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to say it. I was going to save it to the later episode, later to the end. So in our in the episode where we did Hayden and Josie, Molly, I don't know if you heard that episode, straight up asked me, is Hayden dumb? <laughs> because... <laughs> figure out how to open doors he couldn't figure out a lot of things and I was reading this book about Tausch and I'm like is Tausch dumb <laughs> because but he misses 
so many signals. Like, it's the very last one where she starts resonating and he almost gets up out of cave to go look for the man who's obviously doing this to her. While I was like, listen, you dummy, you got to start paying attention to what's happening. Doesn't that happen in another book where they have decided they won't, I forget which one it was, but they decided they won't resonate. And then when he starts resonating, she freaks out because he thinks it's with his ex. That That's, um, oh, I can't remember which book that was, but it does, she does write these characters like they don't understand anything at times. It's like, they are excellent, like, hunters and healers and also who are you resonating for even though i've been for the past four months and we're in love like how dare you and they had just finished they've been like according to the chapters they've been like fucking all night all week like (laughs) multiple towns they lost count how many times they are in this mountain away from the tribe there is no one around and when she starts talking about residents he has the gall to go outside and try to find the man that's causing it taoshin's a little dumb so that, that's my stance. I'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're all kind of. <laughs> I feel like you not have done that. You're right. There are a couple. I mean, even Vectel is like, he's not, he's not, he's not the smartest, but he's not like out here being like, is this a foot? Like, I don't know. Like, Because there's that moment where they're like, they don't have a tail. Like, what kind of strange creature are you? I don't know. They're just some of them are just really like very odd, and some of them mm-hmm. are worse. <laughs> yes. And I don't want to conflate it with just not being exposed to things. I, I just think Taoshin's a little dumb. Because like Rook had never been exposed to anyone. That man caught on mm-hmm. in a few months. He resonated to her, didn't even know what sex was, but he's like, Yep, she's mine. And and they went about their very way. I guess he's my favorite now. I guess that's the decision I have landed on. Rook is my favorite hero. Technically, none of them should know what, or very few of them should know what sex is. And I'm like, mm, why do y'all have good sex, though? Like, this is a... <laughs> that's a different... They're very good at it for people who like... <laughs> very good. Always the first time. So, but you know what? It's part of the fantasy. And I guess if you're committed... If you're as committed as they are and you're willing to go the extra mile, you'll deliver. So fair enough. Yeah. And I think, oh, if we're going to talk about Taoshin and sex, I want to jump on one thing. It's not even that big of a deal. It's super minor and they skipped right over it. He is the child of a rare three pairing, which I thought was interesting. I he love- had two dads and a mom. And I was like, I see you, Ice Planet. Yeah, I loved it. I'm like, let's get that story. Also, why won't you write another three pair? Do it. I know because, because it's so interesting because I, I remember someone maybe they were describing his parents but someone talking about it because there are so few women are so few females that like you could enter into these like relationships but that one sounded like it was for lack of a better word like bisexual like all three slept together and I was like that must have been really interesting in that society, the way it's set up, because it's so much about procreation. Like, mm-hmm. how did that relationship function? I would, I mean, like, I would like to read how, and how the Kui and how Resonance works without that. Because they also get really protective and jealous because of the Kui and stuff. So, like, how does that work with another person brought in? And, right. yeah, I want to read that story. Because that's yeah. just interesting. Yeah. And it didn't seem compatible with, like, how they've set up everything. If it's so much about biology. Right. And, yeah, and they're, like, really, they're not just 
protective. They're also almost combative with like other males. So I'm like, how do you end up in this relationship? That would be really fascinating. Yeah. Do it, Ruby. Write it. I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, I, I always mess up the acronyms because there's MMF, which is like, one is more overtly bisexual than the other. There's like MFM and then there's MMF. And I can never remember which one is which. Isn't there one that's like, it's everyone. Whereas there's another one where it's the two men are in a relationship with the women as opposed to everyone being. So the easy way to figure it out is if you put the woman in the middle, the two men never touch. Oh, oh, (laughs) there we go. So I'll never. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So yeah. So that'd be just interesting to see how that goes down. Yeah. But yeah, they just threw that in and we just skimmed right over it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, I was like, that is what I want. Go back to that. So they're out here and they decide to go. We sort of touched on it. They decide to have this vacation. And like, I love how Tasha's just like, yeah, me stay out here with you for another (laughs) few weeks. I'm game. And she just, I guess, wants to get away from it all. So I don't, this isn't safe. I'm just going to touch on that. Like these couples going out in the middle of nowhere and no one checking on them for months at a time. Someone could be, that happened in one of the books. They got severely injured. The male got severely injured and they're like, no one's going to come and look for us. Yeah, this it did kind of strike me. You could see the series change over a while because there was almost no inherent threat in this one really. Mm-hmm. For And so it was kind of like, there was that moment where they decide to go back to the original craft site. And I remember in one of those early books, there was like that, cave that someone got yeah. stuck in and I was like no don't do that like it sounds <laughs> dangerous but this is kind of like no there's like a hot spring or whatever and we're like see crystals and stuff like it's just literally it's like a hippie situation but this time they go sightseeing on the ice planet <laughs> okay so the hot spring I'm glad you this is when I guess because they've been hanging out they've been playing I spy they've been playing like They've been just, you know, talking and just really getting to know each other. And Brooke has decided, she's just on and off, I swear. She's decided that now she's feeling Taoshin. And instead of just saying it, which I kind of get, like, it's probably a little embarrassing to be so adamantly, I don't want to mate. And then suddenly be like, whoop, change my mind. So she tries to be, I guess, subtle about it. Well, not really. She's not subtle at all, actually. But she tries to, like, leave hints and signals. Yeah. (laughs) This dummy, he's, I'm going to go ahead and say he's a little slow. He doesn't pick up on him at all. She tries stripping in front of him and bathing. She tries to feed him. He tries, she tries to get him to feed her. I love that he gets a I want to talk about that feeding scene because it was deeply terrible. I appreciate that she wrote that because I hated every second of it. It was raw chunks of meat. Blood was dripping down her arm and she was so committed to this disgustingness. And then she pukes at the end of it. I was like, oh, here we are. He was offended by it. He was, he was like, I can't feed myself like an adult. Like, I don't understand why you're trying to feed me like a kid. And I'm like, this is a wonderful question, Taoshan. Let's get to the bottom of this. It was such a mess. It was so awkward to read. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great scene because I was so, I too was offended and I was grossed out. I was like, didn't see that coming. Appreciate that. Disgusting. <laughs> I did forget that she sort of in what she describes the blood. I was like, ooh, ooh. And then like, even... she's like, I just forget. I just try and ignore that. And I was... <laughs> she's like, 
Like you could just imagine her gagging internally. Like, like oh, I just don't want it. Like, we're we have a plan. And so she's mad at him. Oh, and I, I was like, why did she suddenly puke? And it's because so she's mad at him. He wants to like. She, he's like, are we not going to play our evening games? So they play I Spy. <laughs> she's like. I spy something brown. Again, she's trying to be cute. And she's like, your loincloth. He starts saying stuff like, the meat we ate. And she's like, wait, that meat was brown? And she gets No, it, it's not the meat. It's offal. Like, she's disgusted by the offal that's covered. And he's like, is it the innards? And she's like, and her eyes fly to it. And she's like, oh, my God, was that brown? <laughs> and she gets sick and throws. It's like the worst, the most awkward date. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. They are both struggling. They're both struggling really hard. And it's it's just so funny. Um, so they do all that. And then what does she eventually end up doing? Does she just like, oh, she fakes a nightmare. Because right. he's been he's been going out like checking off. I love that we get like it's like one little cutaway scene. The chapter is like. I did audio this time and the chapter lasted like five minutes and it was just enough for us to learn that Taoshin has been sneaking out every night to go uh, masturbate. Yeah. Because <laughs> he really needs Brooke. But uh, she wakes up one night and she pretends to be have a bad dream and asks him to climb in into her furs. And then when she's in there, she fakes being asleep. She, this woman literally grabs his dick and Wait. he just takes her hand and puts it on. <laughs> and, and that scene is so weird because she does it and she literally says, or she thinks, I'm the worst actress ever. And I'm like, yes, you are. Let's go, self-realization. And then he's like, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Why is your hand up? <laughs> I thought she wanted to be just friends. Bless him. Bless his thick skull. I love it. So, yes. So, they eventually, she's like, okay, listen, listen, I I was wrong. I changed my mind. I think it's straight up what she says. Yeah. Oh, we kind of missed something that I think is important to say. (laughs) She starts asking, I guess, what his ideal woman is. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany's ears were burning. (laughs) And again, she wants nothing to do with this. She's got Saluk. She's got a little baby. She's been living her best life on this ice planet after all the trauma she's been going through. She doesn't need to be brought up and dragged in the mud through all this. But like Brooke's like, so what does your ideal woman look like? Is she light skin or dark skinned? And so it looks, or uh, Tashin goes dark skinned. Oh, does she have light hair or dark hair? And he goes dark haired. And, and then like uh, Brooke's like, ah, oh, it's that bitch Tiffany. <laughs> She doesn't even know Tiffany. <laughs> and so the thing, so I have a question about this because I realized, I was like, who the hell is Tiffany? So I went and looked, and I think I stopped right before her book. But is Tiffany dark-skinned? She's the black girl. Now, dark There's a black she's girl in Ice Planet Barbarians? Yeah, Tiffany's the black girl. That's why he kept saying, like, she, so she was, like, dark-skinned. He was like, oh, Tiffany. And then she was talking about, like, so this is how I knew there's gonna be a black girl in the next series too, because she talks about one of the dark skinned beauties in the in the coffin. Tiffany was black. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta go back and read. <laughs> These covers are deceptive. They are because the model does not. She doesn't look like she has a name. And I guess it must have been early enough in the series where she was just taking 
like whatever kind of model she could get. Like I, I, I don't have time for this. Now I have to go read that one. Cause I literally, when I saw that, I went straight to Amazon and was like, this is a fucking lie. Like I was so mad. I moved to Ice Home because those covers are more diverse and I wanted to read Nadine's story, mm-hmm. which was wild. And <laughs> I love she's the only one who uses lotion. I was like, yep. That's I was like, that's this, okay, representation, because <laughs> they have spent all this time on this ice plant, and I was like, man, ashy. this kid must be a mess. Ashy, ashy, ashy. She's the, that is the first and only time lotion has been mentioned in this series. <laughs> I'm glad it was in the Black Girls book, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, Tiffany... Tiffany's book, she's, um, that's the reason why I read it to you, I'm going to be perfectly honest, because I was like, oh, there's a black girl. <laughs> but in Tiffany's book, she was like, it's actually, they do Josie kind of shady, because they're down to Tiffany and Josie, but everyone is competing for Tiffany. It's like Taushin and uh, Vaza and, what was it, I always get, is it Hassan or Herrick, one of the one of the H's, and they're all like competing for her hand, but she doesn't want the attention and Saluk is like the only one who picks up on that. It's sweet. But um, yeah, so Taushin was one of them because he was really adamantly. Well, now I have to go read this. <laughs> yeah. Because I literally, like at the point where I was like, okay, I think I have my fill of like Ice Planet Barbarians. I just jumped around the Ice Home series reading like whatever. Like I think I read Nadine's book and I read Gail's short. And then I probably read like two other ones, but it was, I literally was like, just unabashedly, where are the black cover models? That's where I'm going next. Yes. So yeah, I don't, I guess, I guess Tiffany just suffered from being one of those first rounds because these things, it feels like they are published sort of in batches. Like there's like the first six and then there's the middle one and then there's the tail ends and they sort of come. And I guess as it got more popular, she probably got. Yeah. Although the covers still aren't accurate because the men don't look any any way like they're described not at all and i love the one with the twins where i was like what <laughs> it's just the same dude like you know coated red, Died red. <laughs> with extra arms i was like what the fuck is this ketchup <laughs> and hot sauce i think is what nadine calls them yeah it's just a mess but i remember <laughs> so i didn't realize tiffany was black partially because i mean i have so many issues with the racial politics of these books and i just push them out of my mind but I remember in either the first or second book, they were talking about how all the girls were white. And I was like, oh, I hate every part of this. And then there was that moment where, like, you realize... And actually, this was one of the things I like when I finally pushed through the first book, where someone sort of says, oh, they're all white. And I... Like, they wondered about that, like, like what the, like, intergalactic slave market was like for white girls. Like, it was a throwaway line. It was very quick. But I was like, what the hell is happening here? So I just assume everyone in the original series was white. No, and, well, like, you got to go back. She's kind of subtle about it. They never explicitly, like, call her black, but they say she's dark-skinned and she has, like, natural hair, like, curly hair that's, like... I can't that. Hmm? You can't trust that description. I know. That's why. Yeah, that's why you can't say. I think it's at one point where Tiffany calls someone a white girl. I was like, okay, okay, that's that's it. Tiffany's black. (laughs) I rely so much on covers because you cannot trust physical descriptions in a lot of books. It's so difficult. Yeah, I know. It's hard out here. Yeah, it's like I don't care if the the cover model actually looks like you're describing, but are we at least close? (laughs) Mm Hmm. 
Well, and even there's supposed to be some characters who are like heavier. Like Maddie is supposed to be a character who's like she yeah. calls herself, you know, plump and she calls herself chubby and, and but like her cover model, I mean, I guess she's a little heavier than the traditional model, but it's not like how they describe her in the book. I don't know. No, so yeah, you can't that, trust but these covers. you're right that the ice home books, um, they're a little well, they're a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still not right because there's a plus size cover model in one of those. And I think I read that book and I was just sort of like, well, okay. I don't really know if that makes sense. Like, it, it's just, it's so random. Yeah. I saw him like, I felt it took out to 11 because there's this paragraph in this book where she sort of does like this little rundown of all the humans. And like, it's like Ruby Dixon's like, okay, y'all get ready because we are going <laughs> to explore all facets of humanity because she's like, there's Debbie who is South Asian. There's a, the girl who's Filipina. We've got, uh, there's Nadine who's black with natural hair. We've got two Latinas. Like everybody's yeah. going to get the love in this book. And so, I, I appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I am not mad at it at all. So Tao Shen and Tiffany. Yeah. And so where she set her up, Tiffany's just living her life. She's like, leave me and my little mixed alien babies alone. And the thing that's actually sweet about that interaction, it, which is, again, you get to see his motivation a little bit better. He he knows if he says fair mm-hmm. skinned and pink hair, she'll know that I want to be more than just friends with her. And he actively wants to make her feel comfortable. He doesn't want to jeopardize that. And somehow she gets angry about it. Yeah, because she can't admit that she wants him. And she's like, oh, he's still, she's still hung up. He's still hung up on Tiffany. It's just the mis- the communication in this one. I don't know. I mean, he's he's just doing what she wants, and she's the one who kind of needs to woman up and say, and she does. So I guess we can't be too mad. Did woman up and say, I changed my mind. Yeah. And so she sort of does after she basically manhandles him, haha, in the furs, and grabs him by the dick twice. She's like, I changed my mind. I want you to be my mate. He's ecstatic by it. Like, that's why I don't understand why she was. He had never at any point. No. Seems like he would be like, if you, you could say, hey, let's do this right now. He right immediately after she gave that home spiel, he would be down. Yeah. So he's into it right away. And right. they go <laughs> for particular, what I thought was interesting is like, they go for some, what do you call it? Like, cause the only way I know how to refer to it is really crude. And I don't think that's, I want to get that crude on the spot at titty fucking. <laughs> they go straight for like titty fucking. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about it. I don't know. It was weird for me. First of all, I couldn't get past the height difference, so the entire <laughs> scene just read awkward. Because she says at one point, when he stands up and she gets in position, he's too tall. She's like right at mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like her mouth is right there, but her boobs are too low. So they've got to find furniture for to get her to get on. So I couldn't get past that awkwardness. I'm like, this height difference isn't going to work. It's just not going to work, guys. And so it took any of the sexiness away from Well, they don't have, on the one hand, they have like, they, they have like good sex scenes. But on the other hand, they are so awkward that like all the sex scenes, there's that moment in all of them where you're just like, oh, I don't. Let's not do this. <laughs> like, even in the original sex scene, there's that moment, the confusion about pulling her hair. And she's like, pull my hair. And he's like, well, does she want me to 
really? Like, it's just, and it's so, it's great because they're so awkward, but it is terrible <laughs> to read. And this is like that, where it's just like, okay, well, I'm happy you all are willing to experiment, but ooh, I don't uh, make it through this, actually. I don't need to be here. What you said just reminded me because they have that same awkwardness because, like, they do it, like, uh, doggy style. And she's like, and he's like, I don't know where the spur is going to go. And the spur, I guess, rams right up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're all discovering this together. And it's really for That's me. actually my favorite part of all of these books where some where the human's like, the spur is real. Like, <laughs> even though they're like, I've seen them before, but they're like, wow, it's real. Like, every time. And they're like, but where does it go? Sis. <laughs> you go find out. <laughs> Because then she's like, because she asked that, I think, when they agreed to do it behind. Because, like, I didn't even know at that point. I was like, where is it going to go? I remember sitting there reading the book. I'm like, where does it happen? And it, like, rams up right against, like, I guess her rectum. And I was like, oh. They love it, though. And all of these books, they're like, here we are. No lubrication. No preparation. Just come on in. That's the beautiful thing about like all this paranormal romantic porn. It's literally just like, no one needs any prep. <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah, and I don't think there's ever actually, that's the closest I think to anal sex this series has gotten. Because for all like the all the sex they have, I don't think I've ever once recalled. Like they'll do doggy style, but straight up anal, I don't think it's happened yet. No, 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 no. But doesn't the spur always go in? Am I thinking of something else? I might be thinking of something else. Usually when it's missionary, it's like a clit stimulator. Yeah. Yeah. But has no one else done doggy style? I thought other people had. Georgie did, actually. And she was like, oh, because then the... Okay, so yeah, I should have remembered that. Georgie does initially in the book because she's like, yeah. And then Liz is like, well, where does the spur go? She's like, where do you think? And then so they're all like, ah, yeah. I remember thinking Georgie got turned out in the matter of the night. Like, it was, she was just like... (laughs) And she was, like, hobbling around, and she was just like, it's fine. <laughs> We're on this planet to stay. Whatever. <laughs> I can usually excuse some of it, like, after resonance has happened, because I'm like, okay, so the Kui is, like, making things ready down there. It's going to, like, amp up, you know, the lubrication. But if you haven't started resonating yet, I'm like, ooh, ooh, you need more you need more prep. You need more foreplay. And they're usually pretty good about the foreplay, but I was like, they you are. need more than that. Because yeah. they always describe how huge they are. And ridged is my favorite part. And ridged, like, it's literally, I love, I have to say, this is one of my favorite things about these aliens is that so much of them is ribbed. Their tails, their abs, their tongues. I'm just like, do it. Like, this is like, go for it. Go all in. Oh, the tail. That does remind me, there's a scene around the fire where I guess she just grabs his tail and like everyone freezes. <laughs> Because that is indecent. <laughs> I think Vectal like straight up looks away like he wasn't supposed to see that. I love that. I have yeah. to say, I don't know why, but I love, like I'm telling you too much information. I love the aliens with tails. It's like if they don't have a tail, I'm almost like, what's the point? Like, like what are we doing this for? Because it makes them truly alien. In, like, Farley's book, because I did this book with a Melody from Heaving Bosoms, Farley's book is with another alien, and they both get their tails involved. And it's, like, it's kind of sweet in a way. It's, like, because they're both, like, petting each other and holding each other down, and they're twining and everything. 
Yeah, and I love when the tails get involved. Like it's it's always like I've read a few where the tails never get involved, and I'm like, then what is the point? Like why, why is it there? You? Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Well, because it's not realistic. If that's a part of you, like if this is another like I don't know if how tails are considered. They're not limbs, but if you have this other extension of you, and you're getting physically intimate with somebody like that, like up and you know hot and heavy and dirty, it's gonna it's gonna do something. It's not just gonna hang there limply. Right. So. And sometimes these tails wag, which I... <laughs> <laughs> well, does, does she at one point, she's like, I can tell his mood by how his tail's moving. I love it. <laughs> like, he's a puppy. It's that puppy analogy all over again. So, yeah, so they go on. So they have, like, the titty sex. And then afterward, they go full-on resin, like, full-on penetrative sex. And I just, it's just, it cracks me up because I had read ahead and I read Barbarian's Treasure, which is her new one. And that one, um, Ruby dives full into put a foot, like it's foot fetish. Oh, it is foot loving town in that one, what? which makes me so like I've gained this like new perception. She's not afraid to like explore, like really get into alternative and like non penetrative sex stuff. I'm here for it. I mean. I made a podcast about it, so I have to be here for right. it. But to be fair, <laughs> she's written so many of these damn books. She's literally probably thinking at this point, what haven't we done? Like, where's the little hat of all of the sexual positions we <laughs> we haven't used yet? Because otherwise, I mean, they don't, I was thinking, like, they don't do a lot of fingering. And I wonder if she could do toys at this. And then I, we, I think we discussed in another episode, she can't do toys because how are they cleaning those things? Like snow with it, like snow <laughs> with snow, like they do everything else. I can I also say, look, the only thing I don't like about this, I love alien intergalactic like romances, but I have that moment in my head where all I think is, who has washed in this book? And I That's like how they handled it, right? I like how they handled it here, where it's like there's snow, they clean themselves with snow, and I'm like, okay, but there's that moment where, like you think about the the manhandling and like who's brushing their teeth I don't know what it is about the way my brain works but if I'm like how long has it been since she talked about them cleaning their bodies like which is why I like that they have like the hot springs and Mm -hmm. the little soap berries um but yeah I'd imagine just with snow (laughs) yeah yeah and then that was I was like I don't want to think about it I don't want to think about how that could go awry so yeah, so they have this, and they have a lot of sex. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of sex. Apparently, it goes on for days and days. No chafing, apparently. Um, and at one point... <laughs> I mean, I was just... Just just an observation. <laughs> so at one point, I think he's, like... They go so long that, like, she's actually cold because the fire has gone out. So he has to, like, rebuild the fire and get her some food. And then they go back at it again. So they're out here in the middle of the nowhere and they're discussing resonance again. And he finally confesses to her why he sort of, because she's like, we should head back eventually. And he's like, yeah, maybe later. And she's like, why are you stalling? And she sort of pries it out of him that he learned from Rokan that she's going to resonate soon. She's sort of like, well, it's silly for you to get upset because he didn't even give you a timetable or tell you when or how it's going to happen. And then she starts asking, so like, what's resonance about? And, she realizes before he does, because again, I think he's a little dummy, that she is actually resonating because she's been horny for days. Her heartbeat is going fast and she has the purring. And so eventually he catches, she catches him up 
and he's very ecstatic about it. How did he not realize that? I think he's a little dumb. Like, that's just the realization I made. I think Talshin's just a little dumb. I guess an apologetic reading would be he's so, he's been disappointed so many times that he just doesn't expect to ever resonate and he just doesn't, like, but I think he's just a little dumb. Because you'd imagine that a character who's been waiting for something for so long would pick up on it really quickly. But then also, I think this is a sort of recurring theme, how little the Sakwi even seem to understand themselves. And, and like, whatever is happening with Resonance, they're literally just like, okay, well, we're purring, so you're mine. And it's like... Yeah. Do you know what this, like, if there's no, and, and I mean, they're simple, and I don't mean that in a mean way, I mean, they have a simple life, but yeah, sort of like, um, they don't, they definitely don't question anything, so I guess that makes sense, but it is kind of ridiculous to imagine he's been waiting for this, and waiting for it with her, and he misses all the signs. And yeah, and then, it's just a little dumb, I'm just gonna go with that one, <laughs> so... They celebrate their resonance. And this is actually the end of like their story because like the final 10% of the book sort of shifts into setting up. This is where they have the big, cause they go back to the tribe. They join the tribe at the beach. They get, you know, their good natured ribbing like, ah, oh, you two resonated. And this is where they have to like, okay, so we've got, they've decided, I guess, to open all the pods. Actually, is this done while they're gone? Because yeah, they open all the pods we learned two of the girls have gone missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they're, like, on the ship that apparently Vectal didn't give an all-clear before setting on fire. I don't understand. I read that scene, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Well, you and set so- this giant vessel on fire and didn't even do, like, a sweep-through? Right. And what's funny is I I read the first Ice Home book before, obviously, before I read this one. So I was reading that, like, wait what like this sounds very unsafe and then you read it from this standpoint and you're like oh it was okay extremely (laughs) (laughs) and Vettel feels really guilty about it which he should right (laughs) and then I guess another one ran off like this beastly one who they got their queen he got like even more feral and he kidnapped one of the women and just ran off so they kind of really shit the bed with this whole opening of the pods (laughs) So they come back, and so they set up, they name the ISO, and it's basically just the launching of the new series, which has, again, 16 women, four dudes. Spoiler alert, they're joined by more dudes eventually. Because you need them. And, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, that is the, and that's as far as actually we get for the, for the Ice Planet Barbarians. We see, like, cameos of them. In the Ice Home series, like they'll pop up. I think Gale and Vaza straight up move there. For that, yeah. To the Ice Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. So they resonate. They're happy. She's home. They name it the Ice Home. And, you know, Taoshin finally got his, and you're very happy for him. <laughs> that's actually a nice ending. Like, if you leave aside the like flashback books, that's like a really nice like arc for mm-hmm. the entire series. Yeah, it's really good. And it launches the new one, like, very neatly. Because yeah. they don't incorporate... <laughs> I still think it's so shady. They don't incorporate the new people into their tribe. Like, you all could stay here on this... In this other... What, so stay what away I, from us. Actually, now that you say that, it's the first time I realized that whole scene where they're like, we can't, like, invite them into our tribe. They don't! 
They no. like, we, like, we can't let them out and then have them in our tribe. And it's like, uh, well, so I thought we decided not to do that. And they're like, put them on the beach. They do. They put them on the beach. They don't even have huts on this beach for a while, if I recall correctly. Because yeah, like, so like, that's Nadine's story, where they're essentially all building their own, like, housing. And all the single, um, unmated women are living in, like, some cave hotel. Like, it's yeah. so strange. <laughs> I'm like, you all really did them all dirty. <laughs> you the absolute least and had the nerve to argue. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's kind of why they're my favorite. Like, you all are scrappy. You all put up with a lot. And they're just. <laughs> and they're ridiculous. I will say, I, I, when I was reading the Ice Home books, I had to just stop because I was like, I don't understand anything that's happening. But they're ridiculous. Like, it's very much like, like, I feel like uh, in Ice Planet Barbarians, they're very, like, community centered and like food centered so a lot of the story feels like it's always like are we in the hunter's cave are we like you know collecting the you know enough like food for the community and at ice home they're like yeah i'm like on the beach and stuff and i'm like fighting with my brother or whatever i mean they're very like random and also ridiculous I'm getting eaten by a giant pterodactyl named Old Grandfather. It's like, when I saw that pterodactyl on the cover of Nadine's book, we're I was resonating, like... Wait, we're resonating in a nest while I'm severely injured. <laughs> and, and we're, we're going to fulfill it right here. It's like, don't save me. We're resonating right now, sir. Like, <laughs> like that was the most ridiculous you know what? That's why I love it. I was like, this is every this cover just encapsulates everything I love about this series. The red man, her like perfectly curly quaffed hair, the giant pterodactyl, the eggs, meaning there's baby pterodactyls somewhere. Oh man. So, I love that book. I think that's actually the last one I, I read. I was like, we're good. Like, we've ended up in a good place. Oh, I like it. And the characters on that one are interesting because there's like a girl on that in that one who's like just so happy to be there. And I cannot wait for oh, her yeah. story. It's like Samantha. It's Samantha. And she's like, she's like, I'm really happy to be here, guys. I am like, I guess Earth. I don't know what she was running from. It was something. I've been to the like I didn't a mafia hit. Oh, she yeah, didn't have one yet. Yeah, oh, okay. But I. Yeah, she doesn't have a book yet, but she always pops up. And every time she pops up, the other women are like, she's just super excited to be here. And then there's like Rashul or Rajul, who's just really lonely. I guess I always like the lonely ones. I feel bad for them. Well, I love that there's a fucking dragon in that one. <laughs> I, haven't, I didn't read Veronica's book, but I definitely was looking at the covers and I was like, are those wings? Like, yeah. It's a golden dragon. It's and it's so ridiculous. Like, every part of it. It's so ridiculous. And I read Nadine's book, but not the other brother's book. So hearing about how that story went down, I was like, you know, she has to be high when she writes this shit. Because <laughs> who would have thought we feel each other's daughter? We have to protect her. But also I have these feelings for this other human. Like, what? It's just weird. I like, I love, I really like the Ice Home books um, so much. Yeah, they're, they're so wild. I'm trying to think what the other one, like, there have been some really, I would also read Marisol because they turn resonance off in that one. And I feel like that breaks a yeah. really big rule in her own, like, world building. But I do want to see how it goes. I do too. Actually, you're right. I remember, um, 
none of these books made me cry, but that whole arc of her mate getting wounded and then her staying with him as he like drifted away. I remember just thinking, this is a bit heavy for this series. And then when they, when I read Nadine's book and I was like, oh, they're still like that. Like how sad is that? That all these books, yeah, I actually, I, that's probably when I would pick up again when they, they came back to that. Cause it's really sad. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't figured out if I'm going to do like episodes on Ice Home. I was, I was, I wanted to ask. <laughs> because I just like, cause this has been such a big undertaking. It's like, if I did do it, it would be. It wouldn't be immediately after this. I would, like, take a breather and then go and do it. But, like, I feel like, because they're just, and, like, Ice Planet Barbarians is already bonkers. And then to have a series that kind of, like, just ups it even more. <laughs> it's like, we have to. We have to. Yeah. There's, like, two armed men. There's two. I mean, I mean, four armed men. Excuse me. They have two pairs of arms. Four armed men. And, and she set fun. that up. She yeah. set that up in, like, book eight of Ice Planet Barbarians. And I'm like, you genius, you. Did she really? Uh, I don't think you've read the book yet. But, yeah, no. there's, like, um, it's it's Maddie's book. It's where they find their new home. So, like, there's oh, yeah, a... I definitely didn't read that. Yeah, so it's Maddie's book. There's an earthquake that's destroyed the tribal caves. So, like, they need a new home. And so Maddie and Hassan, like, sort of stumble on this abandoned village. And there's, like, cave paintings. And, like, they're looking like, huh, they look just like you guys, only they have four arms. Isn't that weird? And I'm like, she set this up in book eight. I was oh, like, no. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, the details, the commitment, the legwork, I, I love it. Yeah, I have to say there are a whole bunch of these kinds of stories. There's another author whose name I forget who I read those before I read these. And I was like, oh, that's the great value version of this because there's no forethought there. It's literally just those books got hot and then every book is kind of the same book over and over again. Like, no disrespect. I like them. It's fine. But you could tell the moment where she was trying to build her lore later Mm-hmm. And this very much feels like, even with Ice Home, even because I literally skipped many books and jumped around yeah. and like the world building held that I was like, well, I didn't have to really think about like some of these motivations because it's so clear, like, and it's so, it's consistent. Yeah. And it's, and even though details like new people pop up, the world itself stays pretty stable. So oh, yeah. And then, well, I mean. I say that and then there are really big changes that happen in Ice Planet and then there's the end of this one which is a really big change as it's been off to the new series but like if you she catches you up fairly quickly like if you stick around you get what's happening well and even the changes like I would say that like sometimes um I I I, I can see this in some of my own work but sometimes you can see authors trying to build a lore that they didn't realize they would need at the time Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like how do I explain how this character got here how do I fix the issue of I have a finite number of um, human uh, females right like how do I do these things and she you can tell the points where she's very clear about like the everyone needs to have a queen like everyone like will resonate like there's you know like there's a very clear thing happening there but then she's left so much open that she can allow for another space invasion 
um, or another mm-hmm. invasion um, um, or another visit or whatever. But then also she sets up like other parts of the planet that have been unexplored and explains why they've been unexplored. So even at the, I like, I remember in the first few books, I didn't think, oh, I wonder what else is on the rest of the planet. Like I literally never thought about it. And then you're on somewhere else on the planet and you're like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, like it's enough that she can build on it, but it's not enough that you're always feeling like she's missing something. And oh my gosh, as you say this, I think I just connected the dots. In Josie's book, when she runs away, she does see like a giant smoking volcano. I remember and that. I'm, and I think that's where all the, we're spoiling a lot for people who haven't read Isom. I apologize. But I do think that's that's where the new, the other yeah. men come from. Yeah. So I'm like, that's like book six she was setting this up. Yeah. I, I, you got to stay in the detail. I love it. I love the commitment. I could not, I love really good world building. Like when you like, just build this whole new universe and the details and the attention. And I don't think it's, it's not excessively hard. I don't think it's just like knowing, having some idea of the forethought about where you may eventually want to go and just leaving it, leaving those opportunities available. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right that like, it isn't until, because I remembered that when I read the first ice home book, I remembered that Josie saw that like smoking mountain and I was like, oh, that must have been what it was. But it's just enough um, of a connection that you can kind of fit the world into the world she's already created. And you can just, mm-hmm. she can just run with it. And it's like, mm-hmm. there, there is actually really great world building in this series. Oh, that's what I, I talk about this all day. <laughs> but I don't want to be cognizant of your time, too. So that is the Ice Home, or not the, oh my gosh, that is Barbarian's <laughs> Tease. Taoshin and Brooke. We talked a lot about Ice Home because this is the, the book that launches it. And as I said, the next few books in the Ice Planet Barbarian series are actually like flashbacks. So it goes back to when the women first landed on the planet. So, woo, so what did you think? You've touched on this a bit. This is probably not the craziest thing you've read. You've probably read similar like sci-fi bonkers yeah. books. This is normal. not the craziest, no. <laughs> This is really, and you touched on this too, this has really gotten me more into sci-fi, but I really kind of want some sci-fi that has like black people in it. Someone, I think it was Funmi, shared something um, by Cheryl, no, I'm going to mess up the name. It's on my Kindle Unlimited because I forgot to cancel it. But, um, <laughs> Don't we and she's, and I, That's where they get you, honestly. The Nikki, it's Nikki Clark, and this looks like Quark. It's got a black girl on the cover, and the alien actually looks black. Yeah, I started that and I couldn't quite get into it. Um, I didn't make it that far, mostly because it, it was, um, I'll probably go back to it. it you, it's like you just need whatever you need at the moment where you're like trying uh, to thing, right? But I remember thinking that one is a little different. So I actually do like Aliens on Earth and that one's that one. If that book is that is like that. But I remember so much of the beginning, not to spoil it, is him stalking her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's an alien, right? And it's not its not written terribly, but I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I no. wasn't in the mood for that at the time. But, yeah, that's on my list as well. Weren't you, like, I thought you had tweeted out, like, briefly entertaining the idea of doing I'm a not into, space I'm not, romance? I'm writing it. I'm writing an alien. <gasps> yeah. Oh, then, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So is it uh with black people? I yes. asked dumb. Of course, of course. I don't write anything else. <laughs> oh, then yay! I'm excited. I'll read that. It's like I don't know when this is a. I didn't. I don't know when I realized this was a thing. I like reading, but like 
I don't know, they're just unabashedly fun. And it's like, yeah, let's do space. Did you I'll- read the... I don't know if this is a recommendation, but did you read the Taylor Vaughn books? That's Theodore Taylor and Yvonne. No, I'll have to find those. Yeah. And the first one is called His to Claim. It is such a... So if you're looking for bonkers and Black characters, like, this is that. Um, But it's so... I I almost never recommend this one because if you've never read Theodora Taylor, I feel like I don't want to like dump you in. But if you like Yvonne or you've read any of Yvonne, like it is it's a pretty good mix of both of them. Okay. But this one is like set on an alien planet, um, and it's like a little band of like um shipwrecked humans and like their alien overlords. And it's it has a really interesting power play, and it's the same kind of like breeding and procreation. Um, but it's like, there's a point at, so I'd say Ice Planet Barbarian stays pretty tame, like in terms of like behavior, mm-hmm. like the, you know, Sakui are like so kind of gentle and just want to like take care of their mates. Mm-hmm. This ain't that. Like, oh. <laughs> they still, they're very like protective and want to be with their mate, but kind and gentle is not really what either of these uh, authors are writing. Okay. okay. So heads up on reading that one. Okay, heads I'll still check it out. I mean, because I've I haven't done a lot of paranormal yet. I may get there. I still tend to be more of a sci-fi person than a fantasy person, but I'll probably get there. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, because I feel so. like the point at which you're like, okay, random shifter, like or <laughs> like gargoyle or whatever. I'm, let's let's give you a try. I think that one I told you about mating the huntress. I think that's the first paranormal romance I've like actually ever read. Oh really? Yeah, because I like I haven't done a lot of shifter stuff. I for the longest was straight vanilla. Like I do historicals. I read historicals. That's yeah. what I read. It was a big step for me to read a contemporary. I was like, oh, they're talking about condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's important in this day and age, but it really like takes me out when I'm reading. So now I'm exploring the other stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Um, I like Lucy Eden's Bear With Me, which is in the, it reminded me a lot of Mating the Huntress when I read it, because it's, it's, it's very, like, light and funny and kind of ridiculous, um, so I like that one, who, who else did I, Theodore, I mean, I could recommend a lot, Theodore Taylor has a whole, look, cut all of this out, if you read the book, Like, if you read the book and you're like, this is a mess, just cut all of this out. Because <laughs> I try not to recommend her if you to people who've never, who have no experience with her, because she's very specific. She has this whole, like, Viking wolf shifter series. Oh, that's... Exactly. <laughs> and it's it's hilarious because it starts off with, like, Viking wolves, and then there's a whole bunch of time travel, and the, like, arc of that whole section of her work just ended with a dragon duet and you're probably thinking how do you get from wolf shifters to dragons (laughs) i saw my dad (laughs) as was i (laughs) dragons i guess are really popular because that was i was i was i was i was like oh that's really original of ruby to do dragons but now i'm like oh lots of people do dragons yeah i think she was ahead of the wave though (laughs) she's she's a trendsetter (laughs) I'm going to have to check it out because this is really like, I've been trying to find something. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but that has like that similar feel to Ice Planet Barbarians because like I, it's fun. I don't need, I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. I like that it's like just something off the wall and different. And I've been really liking it. So I haven't read any of those novellas, but that's a different. (laughs) 
Those baby I, ones? <laughs> that's all they are. They're just baby ones. <laughs> no, I, I, I want the off-the-wall bonkers. Like, I'm just, I just hit her over the head and drag her away. Yeah, I like that, too. Especially when you're stressed or tired or you can't really do. Yeah. And still loving, so it still feels safe. Like, again, that first one is, she's, she's trying something. I don't yeah. know if it worked. But, yeah. yeah. So, I just had to console someone on, like, the Twitter account. They're like, should I finish this? And I was like, it depends what you don't like about it. If you don't like the bonkers or the sex, that stays. If you're yeah. uncomfortable about, like, the trauma, that does eventually go away. So. Yeah. And, and, and with, I will say that actually is why I, like, they feel different things. Like, I like that the sort of trauma of it in Ice Planet Barbarians, it becomes, yeah, like, softer each book. Like, mm-hmm. so I was really surprised having skipped, like, I don't know how many books to get here. I was like, oh, this feels so safe now in a way that the first few books didn't. So where can people find you on the social media and or your books if you want to go ahead and promote those? Um, I don't. We can move on. <laughs> okay. Um, I am, unfortunately, always on Twitter at Katrina Jacks. And you can find my some of my books on at any retailer, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Amazon, and some of my books are Amazon, um, Kindle Unlimited. Um, and um, I'm also on Instagram, usually posting my cats at Cat Jackson Books. And oh, that's it. <laughs> that's where I am. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Like, I'm always like, I can't believe I dragged people into talking about this. But then it's always like the most fun conversations because it's amazing how much like just this alien sex books can get you talking about things. So thank you. That was so fun. I was really taking notes at that final part on the edit and during the original recording, getting all those authors because I want all of the bonkers, bananas, crazy pants books. And if you have a bonkers, bananas, crazy pants book, you can wreck me, please do so. That's that's the only thing that's pulling me through lately. <laughs> um, next episode, which is recorded and we'll, like this consistency thing, it's really sticking. Um, so it should hopefully be up in two weeks. Next episode is Barbarian's Beloved, Ariana's book, our poor, nervous, nervous little abductee. Um, so we're going to read her story. I'm excited. I will be joined by author Juno Sunbear, who writes Erotica. So that'll be fun to get her perspective. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that one with you. Um, and that, that's an episode. That's a wrap. We are chugging along. I'm just really excited to to share this stuff with you. So it's been a really long journey, but I'm Overall, I'm really glad I did this, even if it, it's been a messy, frustrating, much longer experience than I originally planned on it. You know, when I planned this out in January, I was like, oh, I'll be able to finish this by June. Nope. Here we all are. But I mean, that's what 2020's been. So let me stop rambling. I It's like 930 at night and I have to go help my mom with things. So as always, thank you. I hope you enjoyed and I will be here in the next one. Have a great week. Wear your mask. Stay safe. Love you. Bye.